when you get into the habit of never participating in meetings because you're lacking expertise, your brain kind of knows like, oh, we're not participating, so we don't really need to pay attention. You're not just asking these questions in a vacuum. You're asking them because you're learning how to participate in a conversation at a higher level. And that's, again, when your reputation becomes elevated to the next level. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. It's so wonderful to have you here. I'm Jess. I'm the host of this show. I have been hosting this podcast since 2018, which is so cool and makes me so happy. I started it because I had a career in the corporate space. And I really struggled with confidence and with finding my voice in my nine to five career. And I wanted to create this show to have more of like an open, honest dialogue on some of the struggles that women experience in the workplace. Because I felt like when I was in my career, there wasn't a lot of honest conversation. There was a lot of conversation on empowering female leaders, but I I felt like a lot of it wasn't really real. That's what I was craving. And so I started this show And after two years of hosting the podcast, I took the show full-time, and I'm now a full-time podcaster. I'm a career coach for women in the corporate space, so I work with clients both one-on-one and through my group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy. I work with women to help them build confidence, find their voice, advance in their careers, and become super powerful leaders. I am so passionate about leadership for women. It just lights my soul on fire. It makes me so happy. And today's episode is actually all about that because even though I'm talking about meetings and this very specific experience in meetings of lacking expertise and kind of feeling like everyone in the meeting knows more than you, this is actually at its core a leadership skill. And I think you're gonna really see that come together as the episode goes on. And so if this is something that you struggle with, if you struggle with being vocal in a room when other people have more knowledge than you, And if you also at the same time have ambitions and you want to advance in your career and you want to grow into leadership positions, this topic is super important. If you master this one thing that I'm talking about in this episode, this can have such far-reaching impact on your career trajectory. And I feel so excited to get to walk you through it. This is going to be really fun. Before I dive in, If you're new to my work and new to this community and the topic of finding your voice and being a really strong presence in meetings is important to you, definitely check out my free three-part video course, Speak Like a CEO. In it, I teach you some of the foundational skills that you need for executive communication so that when you speak up in a room full of coworkers or colleagues and leaders, you speak in a way that makes them think that you know what you're talking about and you know your stuff. 
which is so important because this is what helps you develop a super powerful reputation at work. And your reputation is what helps you grow and advance in your career. If that is something that is important to you, you can grab Speak Like a CEO for free by going to justgazetcoaching.com slash free resources, and I'm going to link it below. I have gotten such good feedback on this video course, and it is literally free 99, and it is it is very good if I say so myself. I'm quite proud of it, and so that will help you take this work deeper. But today, we're going to be talking about not having as much knowledge as everyone else in the room. And I really want you to be open to challenging yourself on this because this is one of those skills that feels a little bit uncomfortable to develop, but then once you do develop it, you will feel so powerful. So the way that I want to teach you about this concept and how to navigate this situation of being in a room full of people and maybe they're talking about a project that you don't know about or maybe they're um, sharing something that isn't familiar to you and you want to be a voice in the room and you want to have a perspective and you want to speak, but you don't have as much background as they have. This episode is all about how to navigate that situation and One thing, one foundational thing that I want to share with you is that the rule, at least the rule that I have for growing your confidence and advancing and creating this wildly powerful career is you always want to be a voice in a room. There's rarely a reason to not be a voice in the room because if you were invited, you were invited for a reason, right? So even if you lack expertise, that's not a reason to say that it's a better idea not to participate. Even if you are the most junior person in the room or the youngest person in the room, that is not a great reason for you not to participate. Even if you feel lost and you need to ask questions in order to meaningfully participate, that is also not a reason to not participate. I want you to be asking those questions. It's so important to know that when someone sees themselves as a leader, when you see yourself as a leader, what's going to be most important to you is helping people get results and helping people move things forward. And you can only do that if you're participating. And there's rarely a downside to your participation in a meeting, except for the scariness, right? Except for you having to exit your comfort zone. But all of this is to say that I really suggest that your goal becomes you speaking in meetings regardless, and you view something like not having as much knowledge as the other people, not as a reason to stay quiet, but simply as an obstacle that you have to overcome. So with that, the way that I'm going to explain this concept to you is using one of my favorite things, actually not my favorite things, but my favorite things to use as an example, which is Ikea furniture. And the reason why it's one of my favorite things to use as an example is because it is like the epitome of a complicated set of things that you need to do. Like when you buy, especially if you buy drawers, oh my gosh, can we talk about drawers, right? So with different Ikea furniture that you buy and have to assemble, it's sometimes it's like really easy and it's like three parts and you attach them together. But when you buy something like drawers or something that has like a lot of different modules or components to it, the instructions are really long and you have so many pieces and it's really, really complicated. But for that reason, 
it makes a really good analogy. So I want you to think about building IKEA furniture. and I want you to think about buying a piece of furniture that's really complicated to build. So this could be, like I said, like drawers or just something that has a lot of components to it. But I want you to just think about that process, how you open up the box. There's more pieces than you thought there were going to be. You look at the instruction booklet and it's like page after page after page. And you kind of have that sinking realization of like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this super quickly. This is going to take some time. You have that realization that there's more in the box and more in the instruction booklet than you are going to like be able to easily navigate in one fell swoop and that you're going to be working on this and assembling this piece of furniture for a while. So even though that can feel overwhelming and even though you might have thoughts of like, oh my God, what if I can't figure this out? What if there's too many pieces? What if I'm missing a piece? What if I do it wrong? What if I go out of order? Even though all of those thoughts might be present, I think most of us have the confidence that we can make it from point A to point B. We can read the instructions. We can figure out what the pieces are. We can use the little the little L-shaped tightening little tool that they put in and we can get the furniture assembled. So now I want you to imagine though that you're in a room full of people and they are all experts in assembling this very particular piece of Ikea furniture. So I want you to imagine that they have the instructions memorized and that they've put together these drawers over and over again and they're all working together to put together these Ikea drawers. Now you enter into that room and you have zero experience. You have never put these drawers together before. You are not familiar with the instructions. You are not familiar with the pieces. And you see these people in the room putting together these Ikea drawers and you feel a little intimidated, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, they all know how to put together these drawers. Now, does that mean that you can't help and you can't offer to help and you shouldn't help? No, absolutely not, right? Having your hands in the mix is going to be helpful. Now, this doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily be able to do it as fast as they can do it. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to do it without the instruction booklet. But it does mean that just because you don't know how to put together the drawers And just because you're in a room full of people who do doesn't mean that you can't help, doesn't mean that you can't move things forward, doesn't mean that you can't participate. You might have to ask questions, you might have to look at the instructions, but having less expertise doesn't preclude you from adding value. That is what's so important here. Having less expertise doesn't prevent you from adding value. Why is that, right? Why is that? Well, because the more people we have working on this furniture, the faster we're going to build it. And just because you don't have the instructions memorized doesn't mean you can't start to figure it out and can't start to help. And here's the wonderful thing. As you get in there and help them with this IKEA furniture, you're slowly gonna build expertise. So through your decision to opt in and help all of these IKEA experts assemble their drawers, Through your brave decision to step into that, even though it was new to you, you got better at it because it forced you to dig into the instructions, ask questions, pay attention, and you left that room with a little bit more knowledge 
of how to do this task than you had when you entered the room. And now what does that mean, right? Because you gained that knowledge and because you opted in and because you were willing to be uncomfortable and figure out how you could help and figure out the directions and be the person who's a little bit slower at it, because you were willing to do that, if you ever find yourself in another room where people are putting together drawers, you're going to be like, oh, I know what's going on here. But it's only because you opted into helping. And if you ever find yourself in another room where they're, where the people in this fictional room are putting together a new kind of furniture that you don't know how to put together, even though it's completely different than the drawers, you had that experience of going into that other room and figuring it out and contributing, even though you lacked the expertise that everyone had. And so that's going to give you the confidence to do that again. And you can probably see where I'm going with this. So when you're in a room with people and they have more knowledge than you have, which, by the way, that is often an assumption. So a lot of my clients will assume that their manager knows more than they know, that leadership knows more than they know. And like sometimes that's true, but sometimes they don't know more than you know. But I'm just going to give it to you that the people in the room actually know more than you know. But I want you to imagine that when you're in a meeting with people who have expertise that you lack, it's as if they're all putting together this IKEA furniture and you're kind of watching them, but there's no instruction booklet and the like the parts and the nuts and the bolts and the tools and the the pieces of the furniture are just flying around the room. And you're like, oh, my God, I don't know how to put this together. And these things are flying around the room. And this feels a little bit overwhelming. That's what that experience is like. But even still, you could find a way to opt into that process. Even if there was no instruction booklet that you could look at to follow and figure out how to build the furniture. And even if what was happening around you felt really messy, if it was really important for you to participate and really important for you to play a role in assembling that IKEA furniture, you might start looking for ways to make sense of what's going on so that you could jump in and participate. So if there's IKEA pieces flying around the room and you have no idea what's going on, you might ask, hey, can someone tell me what that piece is? Okay, can you tell me what you're doing with that piece? And slowly, little by little, you would piece together your own understanding of the process until eventually you knew enough and you're like, okay, that piece is the outside of the drawer and that thing over there is the way you connect it together. Okay, cool. Well, I can help connecting those pieces together. Does anyone need help connecting those pieces together, right? So it might take some mental effort. It might take a lot of curiosity and asking questions and humility, but you absolutely still could jump in if it was really important for you to participate. And it's the same with the content that's flying around in meetings, right? I want you to imagine that the things that people are saying in a meeting and the things that are flying out of their mouths are like pieces of Ikea furniture just flying across the table. And you're like, oh my God, I'm trying to help put together the drawers, but there's so many fragments here, right? 
if you were determined to participate in the meeting, just like if you were determined to help them put together the drawers, you would try to pick up some of those fragments and begin making sense of them in your mind as best you could. And if you hit a wall where you just couldn't make sense of it, you would ask a clarifying question until you were able to make enough sense of what's going on to actually jump in and participate. And this is the same exact thing that you want to do in meetings, right? There's IKEA furniture pieces flying around that people are saying things, facts, knowledge, updates are being thrown around, and you need to grab onto them and make sense of them as best you can. And when you find that you've hit a wall and you can't make sense of them, that's your time to ask clarifying questions and make connections so that you can begin to see the bigger picture. This skill is so, so important. And the biggest mistake that I see people making is thinking that the solution to this problem, to being in a meeting and and knowledge is flying around and you can't make sense of it, right? Or to being in this fictional IKEA furniture meeting that I've created, right? And the pieces of the furniture are flying around and you can't figure out how to help everyone build the furniture, right? People think that the solution to that problem is to memorize the assembly instructions for the furniture before the meeting, right? And so what that would mean in a real work meeting is to try to have as much background as possible, as much knowledge as possible, so that when you come into the meeting, it all makes sense. And while it's so good to have background and it's so good to have context and those things do often matter, the problem is... When you're in that state of mind and you're like, okay, I just need to like memorize the uh, drawer assembly instructions before I get to the meeting, that way I won't get confused. What you're doing when you're choosing that path is you're opting to grow your expertise rather than growing your leadership and your self-confidence. So expertise comes from doing things over and over and learning and memorizing things. And so often when you feel out of your element, you want to make sure you have all the knowledge, all the information. So you want to learn, you want to memorize it, you want to memorize those IKEA instructions before you get into that very overwhelming meeting. But the problem is expertise and memorizing and having all of the answers already in your brain isn't what's going to help you build confidence, and it's not what's going to help you stand out as a leader. I really want you to think about this. You could become really, really good at assembling these IKEA drawers, but if you can't walk into a meeting where any different kind of furniture is being assembled and figure out how to jump in and contribute and be a part of it and add value, if you don't develop that muscle, then you will just be known for making drawers, right? So if you if you focus on like, okay, I'm going to learn how to make the drawers and I'm going to get really good at that, then you're going to get pulled in to meetings and projects and promotions and high visibility opportunities every time they need someone to build drawers. But if you're the person that no matter what the meeting is, no matter what furniture is being built, no matter what the situation is, you can quickly piece together what's going on, grab onto what's important, add value, join the conversation and provide perspectives and leadership that helps move everything forward regardless of the subject matter, then you become known as a leader. 
then you become the person that can be trusted to get pulled into a wide variety of opportunities. And this is what really begins to propel your career forward. Because when an opportunity opens up for something new and different and unprecedented, your name will be in people's minds. So for example, let's say the IKEA furniture opportunity that gets opened up is like, all of a sudden, we need to build a bed frame. And no one in the company has ever done that. We're all really good at drawers. If you're the person who's who has a reputation for being able to be in any situation and figure it out, no one's going to care if you don't have any experience building a bed frame. They know that you're just good at problem solving, good at piecing things together, good at using your voice, and good at stepping up in the room as a leader. That's why it's so important not to just rely on expertise, not to rely on memorizing the instructions, but actually to be able to be in rooms and environments where you don't have all the information and you don't have all the answers and you're still able to gather things together. And most importantly, ask questions and be a bit of a squeaky wheel to learn what you need to learn and understand what you need to understand so that you can meaningfully participate in the discussion. That's what takes you from being a one-trick pony who, yes, can memorize a set of instructions and assemble it to someone who can be plopped into any situation or any meeting or any messy thing. And when you develop that reputation, that's what accelerates your career to the next level. When you think about making big advancements and when you think about like jumping into leadership opportunities, for that to happen in your career, for you to become a leader, for you to have the big team, for you to make the big money, for you to become that powerhouse woman, you're going to have to make a leap at some point. You're going to have to be at a company or be interviewing for a role that's a stretch and someone's going to have to make a bet on you. They're going to say, okay, I haven't seen her do this before, but based on what she's showed me she can do and based on what I know about her, I am going to move her into this opportunity. I'm going to make a bet on her because of what she's shown me she's capable of doing. So you're going to need to have a moment like that in your career to elevate to leadership positions and the way that you're going to build the reputation that makes people want to offer you that opportunity and make that bet on you is by being really good at being in the room, not being the expert and being able to get yourself in there and jump in and be part of the conversation and part of the solutioning. And I think this is so important because we have to remember what confidence is and where confidence comes from. Confidence doesn't come from knowing all the answers. It doesn't come from memorizing the most information. It doesn't come from having the most knowledge in the room. And in fact, the people who are the most senior at your company are not the people with the most knowledge and the most expertise. They're the people with the strongest leadership and problem-solving skills and the biggest confidence, right? And so when you become the person who can handle those things, then you go from like being the subject matter expertise, the person who knows things, the person who memorizes things to the person who's really, really confident and who can get thrown into messy things and still manage to make sense of it and still manage to get really, really good results. And so lack of knowledge should never, ever, ever be a barrier to you participating in a meeting. Because the skill that you are trying to build, if you're trying to grow your confidence and become a leader, 
is the skill of being able to adapt and being able to problem solve and not needing to lean on subject matter expertise in order to add value. Yes, subject matter expertise is really important and really, really valuable, but it is not where your highest performance, your greatest contribution, and your strongest source of self-confidence is going to come from. That stuff is going to come from your willingness to see all the chaotic IKEA pieces, (laughs) the furniture pieces flying across the room, and your willingness to try to grab onto one and be like, what is this? Is this the outside of a drawer? Is this the inside of a shelf? What are we building? But when you learn to do that, you will truly become unstoppable. So how can you start applying this and how can you take what I'm sharing and actually begin to do this in meetings? So the first thing is a mindset shift. And this is just to stop thinking that it's bad to be lacking expertise and thinking that not having information or feeling unclear about what someone is saying is a negative thing. If you want to advance into any sort of leadership role, you will have to get used to that feeling of not having all the information and not having all the knowledge and still being able to navigate the conversation. And I think part of the problem is sometimes you go into meetings with this inaccurate belief that if I don't know something, then that's bad and I should know everything, as opposed to entering into the meeting knowing, hey, in half of the meetings that I'm in, I'm just going to get confused because that's just what happens in a work environment where people are working on different things and have different backgrounds. And so the first thing that I would say is drop the need or the expectation to know everything in meetings and just replace it with a much more realistic expectation that you're not going to know everything in meetings. And in fact, that's a good thing because that's how you're going to get practice showing up as a leader and being a stronger problem solver. And so that's the first piece, which is just to expect it and not think that there's anything wrong with it. The second piece is to really focus, to focus on what people are saying as if it's very, very important and as if you are going to participate no matter what. Because what tends to happen is when you get into the habit of never participating in meetings because you're lacking expertise, your brain kind of knows like, oh, we're not participating, so we don't really need to pay attention. But if you sat in the meeting and someone was like, hey, I'm going to give you a pop quiz after this meeting and ask you what we talked about, you would pay more attention. And if you knew you were going to contribute in the meeting, you'd pay more attention. And so you really have to cue your brain and tell yourself like, okay, we're focusing now. This is really important. Even though I don't have to participate in the conversation, even though I can kind of opt out and let my brain rest and just stay quiet, that's ultimately not in service of my professional growth. And so I'm going to lean in and I'm going to be paying as much attention as I possibly can. And I'm going to try to grab onto whatever fragments of knowledge I can as this conversation unfolds around me. And the third piece, which is the most important, is you have to ask questions. Now, I know asking questions can be scary, and I know the fear of sounding dumb or being judged when you do ask a question can feel really intense and really real, and trust me, I've been there, and I know it's hard, but one thing that I would want to tell you is that asking questions is a good thing, and asking foundational questions is the hallmark of a leader. 
And so I think so often it's so easy to get into this mindset of thinking like, if I have a question, it means that I don't know something. And if I don't know something, it means like I'm not very good at my job. And so I need to not ask any questions. And all of that is just an error in thinking. None of that is true. The best leaders are willing to ask simple foundational questions because they know that if they're going into the room and they're going to be asked to help guide their team to build this IKEA furniture, they can't waste time being stuck in their heads worrying about asking a stupid question. They need to get the information that they need. And so they just ask and they get the information that they need and they tend not to make it mean anything bad because it truly, truly isn't. Asking questions demonstrates that you're engaged and that you care. And what's most important here is that you're not just asking these questions in a vacuum. You're asking them because you're learning how to participate in a conversation at a higher level. So when you're asking questions and then later on in the meeting, you're contributing something of value because you asked those questions, people are going to start to see your question asking as a sign of elevated participation. And when you ask a question, they're not going to be thinking, oh, God, she's so dumb. I can't believe she asked that question. They're going to be thinking, ooh, her wheels are turning. Maybe she'll figure out how to solve this. And maybe I won't have to be stuck spinning and figuring out the answer to this because she's thinking about it. And when you are boss and when the leaders around you start thinking that, that that's what you're doing and when they see your question asking as this deeper engagement and as this signal that you're going to be participating and helping move things forward, then they begin to lean back and they begin to kind of get a little mentally lazy because they're like, well, sh whenever she asks the questions, she always comes up with a way to solve it, right? And that's, again, when your reputation becomes elevated to the next level. And when people start thinking of you as one of the stronger problem solvers in a room, they will not only like it when you ask questions, but more importantly, they will think of you as someone who they want to keep at your company, who they want to retain at your company, and someone who they're going to be keeping in mind for new opportunities that are maybe a little bit bigger than what you've done before because they've seen how you think, they see how you're engaging. So what I would say to you is that these opportunities, like these meetings where you're missing the knowledge, they are huge opportunities to differentiate yourself professionally. And the fact that you don't have the knowledge and that you have to ask the questions and that you have to piece together that complicated piece of Ikea furniture that you don't know that much about the fact that you have to do all those things is what distinguishes you. No one cares if you can memorize the IKEA instructions. What they care about is that you can be thrown into anything and figure it out. And that is so much more valuable than becoming an expert. And again, this really gets to the difference between becoming a subject matter expert and someone who holds all the answers and all the knowledge to becoming a leader and someone who is super confident and a really strong problem solver. And I really suggest that you position yourself as the latter in your career as a leader and a problem solver rather than a deep, deep expert 
if you want to advance because those are the people that tend to be offered the opportunities to advance up into management and leadership and executive levels. And I'm sure you can see here, I'm thinking about this all the time, but I'm sure you can now see even more the connection between how you are in a meeting, what you say in a meeting, how you act in a meeting, and then the career and professional opportunities that will be opened up to you as a result of how you're participating in the meeting. So it's all connected, right? Who you are being in meetings forms your reputation and it forms how your boss and other leaders at your company see you. And then ultimately that reputation is what propels you forward and propels you into bigger roles, promotions, leadership opportunities, high visibility projects, things like that. And the last thing I'll say here is I know it's uncomfortable to ask questions. I know it's uncomfortable to insert yourself into the conversation when you're not an expert, but it gets more comfortable over time. It's one of those things that the more you do it, the more it stops feeling like this bad thing. Asking questions, asking foundational questions can go from feeling very scary to feeling actually very normal and like a positive signal of your own engagement in the meeting. So even if it feels a little tough, even if it feels a little scary, just keep going, just keep pushing through it and challenging yourself in small but doable ways because these are the skills that are going to enable you to lead and perform and show up at a higher level and just feel really badass and confident in who you are. (laughs) So that brings me to the end of this episode. This topic is just so important to me and I feel like so many of you have so much untapped potential where you think that you're missing something or you think that you can't jump into the conversation or you think that you need to have all the answers. You have so many thoughts about what's preventing you from just showing up as this version of you. And I would just encourage you to push yourself out of your comfort zone and challenge some of those limiting thoughts around whether you can do this and whether this level of participation and leadership is for you. It is for you once you decide it's for you and you commit to building the capability. That is truly all it takes. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning into the show. If you want to take this work deeper and if you're at a place where you're realizing that you want to focus on your presence and participation in meetings, and maybe you even want to get a little more strategic about your reputation and your career path, this is very much what I focus on with my one-on-one clients. So in my private coaching work, we're really doing a couple of things. One is I'm helping you feel stronger and more confident in meetings so that you can begin to participate at this level. And second, I'm helping you create the career path that you want and make sure that you are on it. And it doesn't matter if you're not super confident or if you're doubtful or if you feel like, well, that's not for me because I'm too awkward or I'm too shy or I'm too this or I'm too that. That's okay. That is the work that I do most of the women who I work with, when we first start working together, they feel really scared that like it isn't this isn't going to be for them or this isn't going to work for them or they're not ready. And through the work that we do, they become ready. And that is the magic of being willing to bet on yourself and being willing to show up at a slightly bigger level and believe that this change and this confidence and this career path is possible for you. 
If you're interested in working with me, I invite you to apply through my website. So if you go to jessicasitcoaching.com slash coaching and click the apply now button, I will get your application and I will circle back with you within a couple of days to give you an update on timing and whether it looks like a good fit. And if you're not quite ready for that, but you're like, I do want to go deeper and I do want to become a stronger communicator, definitely take my free three-part video course, Speak Like a CEO, which will teach you some of the foundational skills of executive communication so you can stand out in the rooms that you're in and develop that super powerful reputation. Okay, that brings us to the end. I hope you're having a wonderful week. Thank you for tuning in. I'm going to drop my contact information in the show notes and and all of the links that I've mentioned. You'll find them all in the show notes. But if you want to say hi or shoot me a note, please do. I love hearing from you. And I will catch you next week. Bye.